If you type into, and there's a headset there. And you're more that you can leave your phone on. There's no rules in here. You can leave your phone on. There's no rules in here. Okay, you can do that too. But feel free to text and do whatever you want. We want to judge you fully. Oh my God, Greg Amundsen has no focus. He's texting in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> if you Google um, I am and then go hit music videos or I am that I am or I am meditation, just tons of great shit comes up. Yeah. And after reading your book last night, I did that. Yeah. But that Peter Tosh song is a song that I used to listen to all the time. That is awesome. So of course the book resonated with me. I'm sure it did. Do you know Richard Bach's Illusions? No. The story of the reluctant Messiah. Awesome. You have. Yeah. That's so cool. It's like, you know, when there's a great movie you haven't seen, like imagine you hadn't never seen Indiana Jones or Here's the Lost Art. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? You yeah. go and watch that right now for the first time. Yeah. You're pumped. <laughs> that book's like that. Um, there's some great lessons in this book. The first lesson is uh, for Chris Cooper. Do you know who Chris Cooper is? No. Chris Cooper owns a gym in Canada, and he's written a bunch of great books, but he has no fucking pictures. Ah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Gotta have pictures. Yeah, come on, Chris. Get some fuck. I was so happy when I opened it up. <laughs> I was so happy with the pictures. Um, uh, uh, I, I mentioned Richard Bach's Illusions. Uh, uh, Richard Bach wrote uh, Jonathan Livington's Siegel. That's his like most popular book, but this book, Illusions, is fucking insane amazing hmm. and your book reminds me so much of it hmm. did you meet the master on your journey have you met the master on your journey have you met an incarnation of the monk on your journey not that i'm aware of not yet okay although in meditation i feel that i'm in the presence of god ah God, I feel like I should go a couple steps back. We're going to jump in halfway through the story. I'm not even, people aren't even going to know what we're talking about. Because <laughs> you wrote the book and I read the book. We can talk about it. Like, Fuck y'all, you don't know shit. Greg Amundsen is here. Uh, Matt Bischel is making coffee for the guest who was here, Amy West. And Eric Maciel is doing the turntables. Uh, Greg, um, you know, you, you might say this isn't true, um, but from the outsider's perspective, you've done something just so fucking cool that I um, pride myself actually on doing too. It's just a constant reinventing mm. of yourself. Mm. Same Energizer battery running, running the show, but one week you're in the bunny, the next week you're in a <laughs> Transformer, the next week you're in a bobblehead doll, the next week. I mean, you <laughs> take that energy and you put it into stuff and mm. and you animate and give it life and and since i've known you i knew, i know you from videos you you i first saw you on youtube um in 2006 or 7 or maybe in the journal mm. you know doing crazy crossfit shit mm. being the fittest man alive before there was a title <laughs> I remember Greg when Greg tells the story. I hope I'm doing justice, but he'd be like, "One week Josh Everett was the fittest man alive. The next week Greg Almond was the fittest man alive." And then one of them would finally beat the other one and be like, ah, "I'm doing that one again." <laughs> um, and then Annie Sakamoto was the fittest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man, the early years were insane. Yeah, huh? yeah. Um, and, and you can't you can't not mention Dave Lee's. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't men not mention uh, Nicole Carroll, mm -hmm. uh, biggest heart in CrossFit in the Absolutely. early years. Absolutely. You know, you, yeah. Look at this. It, and and at this time, like for me, like when when 
I, I saw you're like one of the first guys I ever saw with like a, a body like that too. So that was like, you know, I've told, I told, I've told there's three people that I've said, um, I've given this title to, uh, Brooke Wells. Uh, no, sorry. Brooke Entz. I thought it would be cool to take my head and my dick and throw it on her body. <laughs> and I, and Ronnie Teasdale and, uh, and, and Rich Froning. Like I was like, Ugh. okay, but I'm, I want to keep my head. <laughs> my junk on all of them and then i'll be but i would take i would do you too like i, I should have like you're probably my what about the nose i'll take it fuck with that body you could have all sorts of weird shit going on. <laughs> i remember how did you find crossfit greg's here by the way because he wrote a book and it's like the genre of all genres that i fucking love mm. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> How did you find CrossFit? Do you know I, Matt Bischel, head of CrossFit Social Media? We yep. met in the hallway. Okay. Yep. Good to see you, sir. Yeah. yeah. I found it almost by necessity because I was working as a deputy sheriff here in Santa Cruz County, just out of the academy, where I'd been convinced that long, slow distance running three days a week, bodybuilding movements the other days was sufficient to prepare me for the demands of the street. That training quickly got my ass kicked. And so following that beating, I tried to start. What do you mean you were like fatigued? You, were, you felt worse than, you, than better? In the fight, I felt like I was fighting two people. My body and mind were antagonistic. Okay. My mind was telling my body to do something my body just could not do. It was terrifying. This is the running? This was the fight for my life. Oh. This was a fight, a literal fight. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was a metaphor for the training. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I use metaphors frequently. Okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> a metaphor. Oh. metaphor. This happened. This was, this was shortly after the police academy when I was working here in town as a sheriff. And I just got my ass handed to me by a parolee. That was a. At the prison. On the street. On the street. Following right. a car parolee. stop. Sorry, sorry. That's oh, okay. Tell me oh, that wow. story. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, it was. I can't see anyone handing you anything. Yeah. So it was... Maybe like, you know, <laughs> a glass of water. I don't know. A cup of coffee. I yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah. I, I was so in in law enforcement after the academy. The next thing that happens is the recruit is teamed up with a senior deputy or officer, okay, who helps the transition between the static environment of the academy and the real world of the street. The translation, yeah, exactly. Explaining, hey, here's what you learned in the academy. Here's how it really is. So following that period of training, this this uh, deputy named Kelly Kent. He still works for the sheriff's office. Great guy. He. Check that final box in my evaluation that deemed me ready to work on my own. And shortly after that, I pulled a car over somewhere in Soquel. And it was a parolee, and I, you know, I violated a lot of tactical rules as well. You but were too nice. I, I, was, I was nice. I was naive. Um, and I overestimated myself because I'd been convinced in the academy that no matter what I faced on the street, I was ready. Right. And that, that, Training in the academy and that that pep talk failed me miserably. And Kelly, the reason I mentioned Kelly in the story is when I called for cover, he's the one that showed up, and he basically saved my life. And as we were debriefing that, I explained to him what I'm telling you now. I'm like, Kelly, I was breathing through a straw. My muscles were antagonistic. My mind could not direct my body to do what I needed it to do. And so I... I knew that the training that I'd had up to that point had failed me. And so I started to try to... to Can to, you tell us the story? Of, of the training? No, but you, of you pulling over this guy? Um, I mean, it just, it just 
just what I said. I mean, I pulled the guy over and I ran him for warrants. He had a warrant. He was a wanted parolee. And rather than trying to wait for backup and, and uh, create distance and, you know, all the things I'd been taught, I thought I could just take him into custody myself. And he didn't want to be taken. He didn't want to be. He didn't want to go to jail. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. surprise. And, 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 and this is on a uh, busy road. It was on so you know you know where um, uh, the Silver Spur restaurant is. Yeah, sure. It, do. Was, it was just <laughs> off of uh, a thoroughfare by the Silver Spur. Oh shit! So not that main street, SoCal, but one of the side streets. One of the, I think it he was pulled uh, over. Uh, Werner, I, I don't go. Okay, there but one much. of those little straight streets. Yeah. Okay. Just a side. And and you say, hey, get out, of, step out of the car. He was already out of the car. We were, you know, everything was relatively compliant, and that's why my guard kind of got dropped. You know, it's it's a lot of the the mistakes that more seasoned officers make. One of the common mistakes even a seasoned officer makes is they think something's routine. And that mindset of, oh, it's a routine car stop or a routine call for service, tragically, that has cost many an officer their life. And it's such a prevalent mindset that even though I was like a week on the job, somehow that seed was ingrained in my mind that, oh, it's just, it just routine. It's just like I'd done in the academy a hundred times. I'm just gonna get the guy's name, Run him for warrants. Oh, he's got a warrant. He's on parole. No problem. Do you remember what his warrant? Do you remember what it was for? Do no. they even tell you what it's for? No. There's there's an audible tone that comes across the radio. Oh. To alert me, but it also alerted him as well. Oh, he knew it. Yeah. Seasoned. Oh, yeah. wow. And when you went back there, he just threw a punch at you. This all happened in the as the tone alerted. Uh -huh. That's when things just kind of broke bad. And did he swing? Yeah. Yeah. Did he, did he connect? Yeah. <laughs> it was it wasn't a swing and a miss. The the bob and weave that I learned failed me miserably. How did how did you call if you were in the middle of a fight? That that's a there's you know that's not as hard as it would seem to depress the radio mic and call for cover. So you're fighting. Oh my god, look at you. I oh cool. I wouldn't swing at that. Yeah. That's amazing. And so he swings at you, he hits you. Yeah. Does it go to the ground? Goes to the ground. Very common. And you, you're like blocking your face or taking punches or trying to pull his hair while you're... You know, I don't, I don't recall much more than trying to get back to my feet. I didn't know anything about ground fighting at the time. That hadn't been taught yet in the academy. How many, how many years ago was this? This was in 2001. So 17 years ago. Yeah. And did your, did, did your part, what was his, what was his name? The Kelly, Kelly. Kelly Kent. Kelly Kent. Did yeah. Clark Kent show up? <laughs> he did. He was my, he was the first unit on scene. And you guys got him. Yeah. With oh Kelly. Oh, my yeah. God. Did you kick him when he was handcuffed? No. <laughs> Good job. Right answer. <laughs> yeah, no. deny? Yeah. Confirm. Yeah. <laughs> I have no recollection <laughs> of that. Um, but, but, but what's important, like the reason I – and, and I, when, when I teach the CrossFit law enforcement application course today, I share that story because what's important to understand for, for, for me is that following that, I tried to recreate in training that same feeling that I'd had on the street which was impossible to do until I found CrossFit. And that's, that's why for me it was the holy grail. When I met Coach Glassman and had that first workout, that workout felt like, whoa, mm. at any time, if I do one more meter or one more kettlebell swing, I'm going to die. Let me, let me reemphasize for anyone who doesn't know who Greg Amundsen is. First of all, now that you do know, you can really call yourself a CrossFitter because like, <laughs> like there's these staples. You have to have a Fran time. You have to know who Greg Amundsen is. You have to have read what is fitness. Um, uh, this isn't a, a slouch we're talking about. This is a guy that sincerely before there was the CrossFit Games, that if anyone would have asked Greg Glassman at any given week who's the fittest guy on the planet, Greg would have fucking given it to you. <laughs> and um, so, so it, and, and yet 
in a there, there's the other people out there if they know how to fight mm-hmm. and they know how to take advantage of you like bad, you know bad shit can happen like, mm-hmm. you're not a pushover kind of guy um so so from there who, how does the word crossfit get in your ear it's it's yeah. funny that the, that this fight took place just a few blocks away from, from the, Park original, Drive. From I the know. original gym i know yeah so what what happened is i i, I was in, on my own i was trying to recreate you know a workout that would create that sensation from the street. Oh, you knew. Mm. So you're 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 a scientist. Oh uh, well, I mean, I had a background in physical fitness, so I was trying to. You right away like, okay, I need to re- I need to make something that's like a fight, so this doesn't happen again. Exactly. Okay. And cool. it was it was mainly done. I was living by UC Santa Cruz, so I was doing it with wind sprints and. Um, <clears throat> but needless to say, anyone that's done CrossFit knows, unless you're doing CrossFit, you're just not training. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I just yeah. wasn't training. Um, so a friend of mine named Sam Radetsky, uh, a local guy involved in jujitsu, and so remember these were the days when Brazilian a, a, a weapon in his own right. Yeah, Sam's lethal. Yeah. Dangerous, bad man. to the yeah. bone. Yeah. yeah, he got me my first job. I was working as a bouncer through college Where? at the Catalyst oh. here in Santa Cruz, and that oh, was yeah. that was thanks to Sam. Sam was influential in my life. Yeah. Great man, I love the guy. I've gotten thrown out of there a time or two. <laughs> nice establishment. Has he ever thrown you out? As no, Gregor? Uh, that was recent. uh, that was actually recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam knew what I was up to, and he'd found the phone number in the phone book. That's how that's how dated this was. And said, hey, I, I've heard about this, this crazy gym, these crazy workouts, this crazy coach. Like, this might be what you're searching for. And I was intrigued by that. Mm-hmm. And I called the phone number. Was he a trainer at the time? Was he teaching martial arts at the time? Teaching martial arts. Okay. Yet not teaching martial arts, but not – I don't think he was involved to the level in teaching or training that he is now. Okay. Um, he, was, he was – at the time, he was still a college student and, you know, heavily involved with running operations at the Catalyst. <laughs> And now he's got a girlfriend who's a college student 20 years later. I didn't know that. No, I'm, I made that up. I made that up. She just graduated. Yeah. Uh, I, just made that I, saw him, I saw him at a party at Daigle's house. God, I hope he doesn't know where I live. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him at a party at Daigle's house, and he's just with the most beautiful young lady Good ever. Good for him. Yeah, he I deserves know. it. Yeah, she's I pregnant. They've got a kid on the way. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, And I have really? no idea yeah. how old she is. Maybe oh, she's old wow. as dirt, and she just looks good. So yeah. <laughs> She's a crossfitter. Sam's always wanted a child. That's one. i got to reach out to him. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's good for him. He'll be a great dad. Um, so you call the number. And I still know the phone number, 4642520. And what's amazing is that was a landline. And the area code was? 831. Okay. Yeah. This was a landline into the gym. There was a little phone next to the main door to the gym. And Glassman answered the phone. And I said, can I come work out? I, I said, hey, I'm a deputy sheriff. I've heard about your program. Can I come try it? Can I come work out? And he said, absolutely. You know, come at 6 a.m. And that's Greg. Greg's already been up for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) The rest is history, as they say. And so you got there. Yeah. And do you remember the first workout he put through? I do. I do. I remember it like it was was yesterday. You know, I I, I roll in. What's interesting is, as you mentioned, this fight broke off just shortly away from Research Park Drive. I'd patrol Research Park Drive. That was my beat. Mm. And I never knew there was a gym there. And so when he gives me the address and I'm, I'm driving down Research Park, I'm thinking, what? There's no gym over here. Uh-huh. You know, and I there's I, a meth lab. Yeah. <laughs> there's a brothel. Yeah. And there's a FedEx at the end of the street. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I pull in the the, um, the the driveway. And it's one of those garage roll up doors which was closed, but that, that that garage roll up door had a little like piece of glass at the top of it, and that was fogged over, and it wasn't even 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. yet. And I'm like, what is going on? And I knock on the door, and Glassman opens it. Reaches out his hand and says, "Hey, call me Coach." And I walk in, and it's Coach, 
and this other guy named Mike Weaver. Yeah. And another, that guy. Another bad dude, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> bad to the bone, this guy. And he's sitting on these parallettes. And I'd never seen, like, cauliflower ear. Oh. And that guy was, like, covered, you know, in cauliflower. <laughs> he was just the gnarliest, uh, a big I head. I think that guy's fought with the Diaz brothers and shit, right? I mean, he's been, he's been around... You know, I don't know if he's fought MMA, but he's fought the highest level jiu-jitsu tournaments right. in one. I mean, right. he's 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 legendary, legendary. Yeah. And he and he was training there. He's he getting, was training he's there. getting his lungs with Greg. Yeah, and and so what's what's so amazing about this first workout is after Glassman introduces me to Mike and, and kind of explains the workout, what he says is you're going to work out against Mike. And that was something I'd never heard before because I'd worked out with people, but against someone. That was like, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. So the workout, it was two levels, this little gym. God, CrossFit used to be so yeah. fucking hardcore. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, it's still hardcore, but I just, it, it's just like, it's not like, hey, how are you? Can I teach you the air squat? It's yeah. like, hey. That guy over there, <laughs> you're going to go get no, – yeah. I mean, go put your shorts on. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of shorts, like I'm wearing my blue Academy shorts, the blue Academy shirt with Amundsen on the back. Like awesome. I was – I thought I was I was so hardcore. You know, yeah. I thought like I've got this. You know, I'm a cop. My ego was kicked off. And uh, yeah, the first workout, this was uh, – you remember that it was two stories? And yeah. on, the, on the top yeah. were the concept two rowers. Yeah. Matter of fact, like you can kind of see. The top story is a little scary. Like you could fall from there. You could hurt yourself up there. <laughs> it, was, it, was a weird, it was a weird spot. Yeah. And the stairway going down, like, um, I love that photo. Wow. These are the parallettes. That's the original parallettes that Mike was seated on, Savon, right here. The ones hanging on the wall. The, that, they're just propped up against the oh, wall. They oh, normally yeah, yeah, be okay, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, I remember Pretty those. Cool. I yeah. remember those. When I, I was there, they wow. were like full, they were underneath the stairs and they were like fully extended. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. say my my memory of upstairs there was just so much shit. Yeah, there it's was kind of storage. so much equipment by the time I got it's there. Kind of what year is this, Greg? Two thousand one. Oh my yeah. goodness! Isn't that amazing. It predates the website. Yeah. Two. Yeah, there wasn't a website yet. Thousand one. Yeah. You just called called the phone number. I wonder how many people are going to call that phone number. After Man, if I'd have gone in there in two thousand, I could have been the fittest dude alive for a, yeah, for a split yeah. second. It wasn't that hard to be the fittest man then. There was oh, there wasn't that please. much competition. You did some crazy shit. You did some you you did some stuff that um, I'm sure people thought was impossible at the time. And uh, well, you know, a lot crazy. of the stuff I did, I thought was impossible at the time. Did Mike you know? Weaver smoke you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the what, first what was the, so workout? the first workout was row one thousand meters. Uh -huh. I'd never seen a concept two rower before. Uh -huh. And Glassman said, "Hey, after you're done, be careful walking down the stairs." <laughs> oh, that's that, right. The rowers were upstairs. That was my first clue. Yeah. Yep. So then we go we go downstairs, and there's I'm two kettlebells. I'm surprised he gave you that warning. By yeah. The way. Well, he probably <laughs> knew what was what was coming. Um, there's two kettlebells. The next station was kettlebell swing, 21 reps. Mike was able to use a 53-pound. I used a 35. Mm -hmm. And then 12 pull-ups. So 1K row, 21 swings, 12 pull-ups. Did What's you have pull-ups? Cool, no, I had singles. I had uh, strict mm -hmm. because the academy, that's all we were allowed to use was strict. Mm -hmm. Not like this. <laughs> um, and th that that pull-up bar was there, but this was this is probably 2006 or so because the wall had been bumped out. Okay. So before that, the wall, this oh, this beam here, that was a wall. That? Oh, so it was tiny. It was very small. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. very small. And and this was. I the... mean, it was literally a, it was the size of a garage, like maybe a single or single and a half 
car garage. Right. And, and then, then he expanded big time to two car garage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and were these the original pull-up bars or the ones um, on the roll-up door? The roll-up doors came in later. These were the original ones, but not um, the piece I'm – well, I guess the piece I'm using was there. It's hard to tell where that, that – that was a piece of the, the wall that needed to be retained in place. It was oh, okay. structural. You couldn't bump that out. This is years later. This is five years later, right? Yeah, it's probably 2006 Six. or seven. Okay. Um, this was the 100 pull-up for time demo. Okay, so you do the row, and you come down the stairs. Do the, the row, stairs. do the swing, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, it was, it was um, the, the level of instruction at that time, it, there wasn't a lot, a lot of emphasis on it. So it was kind of like, do this. Right, yeah, <laughs> swing yeah, this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then do your 12 pull-ups. And uh, I remember also feeling like, why can't I use the heavier kettlebell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, within like, you know, and then, and then even then what's so cool is even Greg, then. Greg, compassion. Compassion, yeah, love, yeah, kindness. Yeah, that was love, kindness. Non-judgment. Yeah, yeah. I was learning all these life skills. Little did <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, even then it was, it was three, two, one, go. Even even in that first workout, like my first recollection of my first workout was Glassman saying, three, two, one, go. And Mike and I just rip into this row and it annihilates me like just a couple hundred meters into it. I'm I'm done. Right. Done. You're fighting across. Yeah. I don't know anything either. about core to extremity. I mean, it, you know, none of that. Yeah. I, just, I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, other than very quickly, what I what I did feel was like, I got to win. Like this is a fight. You know, that, that's how I felt. Um, the competition kicked in, and I never experienced that before. Um, and good thing, like, the, the comment Glassman made about be careful. Like, when I walked down, I had two hands on the handrail. <laughs> it took me multiple sets to do 21 swings with a 35-pound kettlebell. And as I'm swinging, Mike's already doing pull-ups, and he's kipping. And I'm thinking, oh, that's cheating. He's swinging. You know what is that? And when we're done, like I crumble up at a at a heap on the floor, and uh, gla- love it. Glassman comes over and he's like, "Hey, how about round two? <laughs> and I said, uh, "You know, no, no, I, there's, I'm done." Um, but I, but that was like in that moment, I knew I'm like, this is the holy grail. Like, this is gonna save my life. You know, I and and at that time, like. That's that, the, so there was a, so you ha, you had some humility. I mean, you you oh, were, yeah. you're clearly clearly telling us and sharing with us that you had some you were you were self assured, yeah. at least maybe even arrogant and super self confident, kind of top of your game. And you, you're how old were you? Oh, I'd have to do the math. I'm I'm 39 now. So okay, it's 17 just out of the years academy. ago. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so 23. So yeah. Just top of the world. Yeah. Physically. Yeah. And yet you would say you said you were okay with this Weaver guy, crushing you. And being in an environment where where you were going to be low man on the totem pole. I mean, was I okay with it by by necessity? Okay. You know, I realized like, and also it was kind of it was kind of a, um, you know, it, the, I guess there's that saying like you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know what I mean? And and when I when I when I lost in that work, and I didn't just lose like. I was crushed. Like like Weaver standing up, like ready to go to second round. You're yeah. in a heap of shit, and he still beat you by three minutes. Yeah, just <laughs> I was just annihilated, um, and uh, and and I felt like I felt crushed emotionally too, um, because I realized what poor shape I was really in. And for me, it was all about my profession. Like I just loved law enforcement. I felt that's what God had kind of at that time in my life designed me to do. And I realized I'm not ready for the demands of this career um, because that the, the workout crushed me. Mm. And that's the, this is the same feeling I had in that fight. 
And this is all foreign to me. Like, I've never felt this way. Um, and so there was that, um, there was that humbleness by, by necessity. Like, I realized I've got to keep coming back. Like, I need this in my life. This is going to save my life. I, I it's funny. Um, I could close my eyes and not know it's you talking, and I can picture you as a 400-pound man with that type 2 diabetes with doing the exact same talk. Mm, yeah. You were already in shape, and you needed to fight off predators. Mm. This guy's fucking in, out of shape, but he needs it to save his fucking life, right? Yeah, yeah. It's easy, and that's where we're at today. Yeah. Because we got all the fucking Greg Amundsons. And right. Everyone with a fucking brain who, who needs life-saving skills and they're, as they're part of their job already does CrossFit. Right, right. They're not running marathons anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless it's because their wife made them. Mm -hmm. Or their husband made them. <laughs> Did you get that out of your chest? <laughs> Dodged a bullet. I almost could be called sexist. Um, when I describe the origins of CrossFit to people, I let them know that, like, hey, this is a program that was developed by Greg Glassman. Um, and, and no one's ever, t well, sort of I've heard this, but I've my, my own twist on it. This is a program developed by Greg Glassman for the for the fittest people alive, and those are gymnasts. But since not everyone can be a gymnast their entire life, and it is a little bit dangerous after, you know, you start diving into the ground and doing backflips and not everyone can break their leg, the next best thing you could do with your life would be CrossFit. Hmm. And then if you're in a job where your fitness is going to be the difference between life and death, then you're a fucking idiot if you don't do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like having a pool in your backyard not knowing how to swim. Mm -hmm. Like you got and you got it. Yeah. You got to do CrossFit. And and you found it. You were the early adopter of that. You were not only the early adopter. You were trying to. You became a case study mm -hmm. for the whole world to see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's cool too is, following that first workout, I went to work. I worked the swing shift that night, and I told everyone about what I'd just done. Oh, so, and, the, and you know, that's you, where it began. Gre Greg Amundsen well, has ruined it for all of us, yeah. everyone. <laughs> that's why we have that reputation. That's why we're lumped up yeah. with vegans. Well, but you know, the, the, the reason why is like, there was that, there was that excitement. Like I'd found, I, I, to me, it was the Holy Grail. Like I found this coach and this program that I felt like this is custom made for cops. Like everyone, every cop needs to be doing this program. And why wouldn't somebody want to know about this? If it, it, that, that, that was my mindset. You know, I, I, I was telling everyone that wanted to know. And that didn't want to know. Either way, <laughs> I got news for you. Let I'm, me share this. Yeah, with you. I found oh, great. Something. The rookie's telling us. <laughs> Did you ever have a chance to fight that guy again? I never saw him again. Oh, it's yeah. too bad. Yeah. If he's listening, we'll do a charity event. <laughs> I love it. When did Greg start telling you, teaching you about cord extremity, yeah. how to swing the kettlebell, hey, maintain lumbar curve, keep your heels on the ground, that kind of... That's a great question. I feel like it was... Um, I, You know, I feel, I, I feel at a certain point, I... Well, you know, it's, it's that common question, like, we, we, we joke about this at the level one. Has anyone ever been asked, what is CrossFit? You know, how do you answer that question? And at a certain point, when I was telling people about CrossFit, I was just telling them what I did. I had no understanding of the methodology. This is like, this is what I did. Then I rode, then I swang, then I did pull up. And people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what is that? And that was the question I proposed to Glassman. Like, what is that? Like, what are we doing? And little by little, what would happen is the whiteboard would be used not only for Glassman to brief the workout, but he would actually have a lecture, like a mini CrossFit 101. Like, guys, here's what you're doing. You know, this is... This is what's happening. This is why you're feeling the way you're feeling in these workouts. 
so you know maybe that was a a, a year or two later um he by the second day he wasn't like hey greg feet <laughs> feet shoulder width apart or um do you remember that or, or, or any of the it, other clients in there or it wasn't like that? Then? It wasn't – with that group, it wasn't – I don't recall it being um, – that, that wasn't the emphasis that I recall. You know, the emphasis at the time was was clearly intensity. Um, uh, uh, that's what I was thinking, just like trying to search and find intensity. Because yeah. now – do you ever feel like now it's gone too far the other way? Like 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 we're reacting to the critics who say it's dangerous. The fu- not the critics, sorry, the idiots that say it's dangerous. And like n- now, it's like so much about form, or is that or is that vital? I mean, I mean, I know it's vital yeah. to to the practitioner, right? I know you couldn't have seventeen. You still are uh, you own a CrossFit gym, yeah, and you're an avid practitioner, yeah, every day. Um, I mean, so so now it's like, I mean, you do you have an on ramp class? No. Oh, okay. So tell me how you do it. I just. It was, I, I do it don't the way Glassman taught me. Don't judge him, Savon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to interject, there's a lot of gyms don't have yeah. on-ramp programs I, anymore. No, no. I, I, I do. A, I, 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 I tried to recreate for people that come to my gym what Glassman gave me, that same gift. I welcome them in. They can come to any class they want. And I just let them feel that they can experience CrossFit from day one. I don't make them go through. So you just scale the shit out of them to movements that that will give them the stimulus, the intensity, and the and, yeah. the, and the suck, but w- without injury. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I I feel like in a lot of gyms you've got people who have been doing CrossFit for half a decade, a decade plus, and they're I mean not saying they're self sufficient, mm. but they can get themselves through a workout. So if you've got a class of say fifteen people and there are two or three people that are relatively new, the coach can say, okay, you guys go and do your thing. No, you're still part of the group, but I, I'm going to concentrate on these people. And those people who are experienced can also contribute as well. I just feel like someone like my mom, like she would have never, like she's a proficient CrossFitter now. She can do all the moves. She's 74. She's done the Open a few times. She's done some competitions. Mm. But she wouldn't have done If they didn't on-ramp her, mm. she would have never. But but I think. By the way, she liked your gym. She checked out your gym. Oh, cool. Yeah, Thank she you. She loved your gym. That's awesome. She loved your website. She loved your vibe. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of your vibe, sorry, hold that thought, man. I want to hear what you have to say. No, I really do want to hear it. Um, in in 2000, blah, 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 you gave your first nutrition lecture at Steve Serrano's gym. I don't remember that. And it was at CrossFit. <laughs> oh, so, I'm so sorry, Steve. Huntington Beach, CrossFit No, CrossFit Marina. Marina. CrossFit yeah, Marina. Marina. CrossFit yeah. Marina. Do you remember giving a nutrition lecture there? No, I've, I mean, I've given a lot of lectures. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound like this could be accurate, the beginning of the story? Because I want to say it was your first, I remember my <clears throat> my wife went to that L1, and Allison Autry, who works for the affiliate team works, uh, went to that L1. And I was in the back, and when you were done giving that lecture, um, and I remember it being, I thought I knew that it was the first time you gave it, mm. they were fucking blown away they're like how many times has greg given that we want to change the way we eat i mean they you, you floor them and uh, you are a professional speaker i am now yeah but you weren't then no but you were i mean yeah i but guess i weren't. was i was i was but i wasn't right yeah and uh and 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 and, and i was like i think that's the first time he's given it they're like oh my god that was so <laughs> fucking amazing oh thank you do you remember what year that was 2000 Is, was this part of the level one Eight, eight or nine, yes, yeah. part of level yeah. one course. Uh, Jimmy Letchford gave a lecture. Yeah. Tony Budding gave a lecture that day. I want to say Dave well, gave I mean, a lecture. The, the thing about my 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 public speaking, I mean, the, the thing about the man that I've become is, honestly, there's been two people that have helped shape that man, my dad and Coach Glassman. And so, you know, have you? I mean, of course, you've heard Coach Glassman speak like, 
phenomenal, eloquent speaker. Mm -hmm. Think about how many times I've been in the company of Coach Glassman during his lectures. Like how many hours do I have his words in my mind? And so you get smarter in his presence. It's like Mike Brogner. You get yeah. stronger in his presence. Right, and in, right. in coach's <laughs> presence, you get smarter. Right. It's right, true. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the, um, the, the skill that I've developed in public speaking was nurtured by Coach Glassman. Why did you go with the bald look and then now you're going with the Seagal look? <laughs> the, Seagal fucked uh, um, <laughs> Chuck Norris look. The, the, uh, <laughs> Seagal and Chuck Norris ran yeah. into each other at full speed. Yeah. And, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Greg I, I, I shaved my head all through all, all through college, um, and, and in, in law enforcement, in the academy, that's kind of the the, the SOP. You, you have to have short hair yeah. on the job. Standard but, operating but procedure. SOP, exactly. Nice. But I'll tell you what. The 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 bicking of my head, how I used to shave it completely clean. Yeah. That was Mike Weaver. Oh. Huh. He used to shave his head, and that's this guy was like hero to me, hero status. He yeah. still is. Yeah, like I, I, I hold, I, I hold that guy in the highest esteem. Anytime I hear his name, it's their stories yeah. are crazy. Yeah, they're he is amazing. amazing. And when I, when, when people ask me about CrossFit, I, I, all, I, I make it a point to talk about Mike because it was these, um, you know, I, I, Greg just, talks about Mike a lot too. Yeah, he's just. A, oh, is that him? That's Mike. Oh, that's well, not that how guy. I pictured him. Yeah, he looks like a hoss. <laughs> he's just, wow. he's, he's just a fierce. Is he man. still in town? I think he is. Yeah, I see him at Coffeetopia periodically. Um, <laughs> but what's what's important to remember, I think, is that you know we we follow like we're we're compelled to follow people, not not theories and not practices. And so it, it was it was the person of Coach Glassman that drew me to CrossFit, and it was the person of Mike Weaver that introduced me to intensity. You know, it was these people mm-hmm. that created something that deeply affected my life. Have I ever told a shower story? Naked uh, shower story? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> what reminded me of it is, is Greg said, we're, we're compelled to follow people. Mm. They're, they're, they did this study basically where they put a sign up in the, in the shower at a, at a you know, public shower at a gym or something. And it said, hey, when, you, when you're soaping, turn the water off. And so when you had one guy in there, he didn't follow the rules. Uh. Then you put a plant in there and he turns the water off when he's soaping. And they noticed a certain percentage of people started doing it. Mm. Then you put two plants in there, and that percentage went up. So the more people you had, like following the protocol, wow. more people then followed. You know what I mean? It's sort of this peer wow. pressure yeah. or following people. Yeah. It just popped in my head. Yeah. Have I ever told that story? No. It's first, first for the podcast. Woo. That's awesome. And uh, you can use that. You can use that. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to decipher between like, like plants, like. They grow or like they plant somebody in? No, no, they would put someone in there for the study. Okay. So, you know, you put, you, okay. so Greg and I are a team and we're doing a study. I'm like, hey, Greg, go in there and shower. Make sure you turn the water off when you're soaping and let's see when people go in there if they follow. Because with no one in there, everyone's mm-hmm. like, fuck you, I ain't turning shit off and soaping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Free rain. Yeah, free rain. But, um, but you put a couple, uh. put you and Greg in there and have you guys turn off the water and, and stare at the dudes meanly and, and when they're naked. Conform. Yeah, mm-hmm. people conform. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. When you do you wear underwear? No. No. <laughs> well, this question's like, do you, do you wear underwear, Matt? No. Shit. All right. <laughs> Eric, do you wear underwear? Uh, Not I, now. <laughs> I've taken off my underwear. <laughs> it's because how many episodes no one get to this? Going to wear underwear. I feel like, well, it, I feel like it's, it's like an aquatic thing. You played polo, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, awesome. I played polo too. Yeah, cool, buddy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have, a th- I have this three-year-old boy. Did I ever mention that? Uh, a couple times. And is he um, uh, Armenian? 
He's Arme- Armenian Jew. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, there's there's those flaps on the underwear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know the flaps I'm talking about? I do. And like maybe in my life, like I used that flap like twice, maybe like when I was six, when I finally saw the flap, (laughs) you know, and I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm like, what the fuck is Uh, the flap for? Have you ever used the flap? You don't wear underwear. I want to say I had a similar experience when I did wear underwear or boxers. Like you tried the flap? Was the the flap? Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever use it? No, I remember there being that moment where I was like, oh, look at this thing. That's what you're supposed to do. And using it and being like, nah, not for me. Why is the flap <laughs> still there? Because you always just pull the way. Like, I've been trying to show my son, like, hey, you don't got to put your pant- pull your pants down to your fucking ankles. Don't- I don't want him to be that kid, you know, when he goes to school. <sighs> and so, like, I always just pull the flap. I'm like, hey, pull the flap, get it underneath your balls, and then kind of cup your balls so you don't have that. <laughs> you don't want the band pressure on the stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, the cut off low. Yeah. And then you just hold your penis and you pee. But but it's not an issue for you guys. All right. <laughs> I right, just popped in my head this morning. I was listening to a commercial for some underwear, and they were like at a horizontal flap. It was like they were bragging about the flap. I'm like, no one uses the fucking yeah. flap. <laughs> so you stay at the gym for for forever. Yeah. Till it closes. I'm there every day. If yeah. I'm not at work, I'm at the gym. Even when I'm on duty, I'm going by the gym. I was there all the time. Are you Christian? I am. At the end of your book, um, when you talk about practices, you you don't limit it to Christianity. No. Um, it, isn't that one of the tenets of your of Christianity? There's two there that I was thinking that it might be in contradiction with. One that like um, his son in Christianity, God's son, Christ is the only way. Mm-hmm. To go to heaven, the way, the truth, and the light. And then the other one is, um, you're supposed as a Christian. One of your duties is to fish for souls, right? To introduce people. Uh, I mean, there's there's doctrine that has been created by man. Then there's the Word of God. Okay. And in terms of Christianity, I'm in seminary school, and the other book I have out is called God and Me. What, so go back to what is seminary school? Seminary, it's it's a program. I'm studying the Masters of Divinity program, but it's a it, it's a program that would prepare someone for ministry, or in my case, for chaplaincy. And what is chaplaincy? Chap, a chaplain is is a, a, a attached to a secular unit, so a military chaplain. In my case, I'm now serving as a law enforcement chaplain, so I provide for the spiritual needs of police officers. Based on the Christian faith. Based on my faith as a Christian, yet as I'm potentially caring for someone's spiritual needs, I'm not there to evangelize them. I'm just there to provide spiritual support. Okay. Uh, so I sorry. Taking can we look up what seminary? That's, school it is sounds like you're getting like even evangelical Christianity. Oh, don't if use I another said, word that I don't know what it means. If I said that correctly. <laughs> so, so what do you what do you learn? How long is seminary school? It's probably for, for me. It'll probably take four years. And and what do you learn in there? Sorry, I know I already asked you this. That's but okay. I um, one more time. Well, I mean, I'm in my first years, and I, I I was in school yesterday, so we're studying um, the, the the Old Testament, and and it's just it's 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 professors. It's like the Coach Glassman of the Bible. <laughs> okay. Those are my those are my seminary professors. Hmm. These people have been there, done that. They've been walking with the Lord longer than I've been alive. And which Bible are you reading? Which uh, one do you study from? The Holy Bible. I, I use the New American Standard Translation. And is that the one? Um, I mean, there's different translations of the Bible, but is that what you're asking? Yeah, I'd say it's one of the big ones. Yeah, it's like the King James. King James is, I think, one. the most prominent, the most widely used. 
So there isn't a there isn't a. Ooh, look at all these notes. Let's scare you. <laughs> so there isn't a um, there isn't a problem. Well, the, the, the reason I, I first mentioned seminary is that in my book, God and Me, mm-hmm. in the acknowledgments, I acknowledge many other teachers who have influenced my, wi- my, my, my life, right. both living and dead, right. many of them from Eastern spiritual tradition. And that was before you came, became a Christian? No, that was as a Christian. As a Christian. As a Christian. And so... You know, I you don't feel like you're betraying your faith not at all. by doing that. Like you should only be reading the Bible. Not at all. I think I think that you know, an example might be: Am I betraying CrossFit by? But seeking, you do some Zumba on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, by seeking to develop my and your Zumba got badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I don't I don't think so. Um, my, I, you know, I wanna I want to know. Um, and, you know, the, the other thing that's so fascinating is, that, is that as I was researching for this book, so you'll see that in the book, the monk, you know, is, is, is paraphrasing um, the, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament. But then you'll notice that I, I further reference the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutra, and what I found is that these universal spiritual truths are, in fact, universal. They transcend religion. They speak to the essence of spirituality. And spirituality unites people. Sadly, history shows that religion separates people. And so I'm approaching my seminary study through the lens of spirituality, knowing that Jesus Christ is my Wait, Lord Wait, say that Savior. last part again? Through seminary, say that last part again? Through the lens of spirituality. Uh-huh. Trying to have a very open mind and open heart. Mm-hmm. Seeing the unity of what the sages and saints have passed down since not just written tradition, oral tradition. As opposed to the inherent differences between all of them. Exactly. Anyone can, you know, it's like anyone can point out the difference between you and me. Anyone can point out the problem with the situation, but it takes the right eye, so to speak, the eyes of our heart to see how we're all united and what's right with the situation. Stranger in a strange land. Have you read read that? No. Oh, got to read that one. Okay. Got to read, I think the guy who wrote it may have written it while he was living in Santa Cruz. Oh, cool! It was an instant classic. Okay, I'm on. Which it. is kind of weird because yeah. books don't normally become. Yeah, instant it's one. Of the, yeah. It's one of the top 100, um, like uh, uh, recommended books, uh, some by some government agency, I believe. Wow! Like have, U.S. like like influential books in U.S. culture. It is. I've never read it's it. It's gonna awesome. blow your mind. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Um, have you? Do you listen? Do you listen to books? No. Oh, because the audio version's incredible. Okay. Um, and there was one more book that I wanted to, oh, have you, um, read Stephen King's book on writing? No. Have you? Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's his only nonfiction. Okay. And it's basically how he writes. Okay. Which takes me to my next question. How the fuck the whole time I'm reading (laughs) this, I'm like, how does, how did Greg come up with this? Uh, you, I'll, I'll tell you, but it's going to be hard to, hard to fathom. Um, I knew it. <laughs> I knew you didn't write it. <laughs> now, we're getting, sat, now we're getting somewhere. You, yeah. sat, you took <laughs> LSD. Because <laughs> um, I get asked a lot, like, what's my creative process? And that's kind of what you're asking. Like, what was the creative process? Yes, of yeah, and, and Stephen King talks about it, and it's like, he says it's the hardest book he ever wrote because he struggles in this book to fucking tell you how he does it. Yeah. Because he doesn't fucking know how. Yeah. Well... Um, I, you know, I, 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 I struggle to some, to some extent as well because, um, I, 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 I have a meditation practice 
And so in meditation, we transcend the mind. And the way I've been trained to meditate is I transcend the mind and I rest in the presence of God. And so God as the creator. Which is different than waiting. Than waiting? In you the presence? rest in the presence of God, rest. which is different than waiting. Than waiting or, oh, to wait. Wait. Waiting in the presence yes. of the Lord. Yeah. yeah to, um, you know, be still and know I am God. So there's this stillness that's waiting or this resting. Um, Psalm 23 is, you know, the Lord directs us to wait by still water. So that word I think is synonymous. It can be used okay. interchangeably. Okay. But the idea is that we, uh, we, we experience non-activity, which is a clear contrast from activity. And in that non-activity, in that non-action, we can rest in the presence of God. God is the creator of creation, the cause of effect. We can rest in that cause. And when we connect with the creator of the universe, we're tapping into a source. I mean, not a source, the source of creation. Not the source. Mm -hmm. The source of creation. Mm -hmm. So what's... what's There's not a coal plant and a nuclear plant and water. There's just (laughs) one source. There's one source for everything. Yes. Um, All the oceans are connected, even though we call them different names. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I've been reading. (laughs) Um, There it is. Yeah. So, you know, long. So in your meditation practice, you are saying that you that you are have cultivated the ability to rest in this source. Yeah, and we all, I mean, there's nothing special about what I'm doing. Everyone can do it. Um, we all do it, even though we may not be aware we're doing it. You know, we, we, we experience, and CrossFit's actually a phenomenal pathway to, I mm-hmm. think, that same level of stillness. I've experienced some of my most profound moments of connectedness with God in the middle of and following a CrossFit workout. Runner's high. Yeah. You know, the mind, the, the mind is transcended. The chatter of the mind becomes still. It's beautiful. And one of the things that leads to that, I think, in CrossFit is the tendency of the mind to count repetition. Or how about oxygen deprivation? <laughs> that could do it as well. But think about the power of a mantra meditation. Right. That's what leads to the transcendence of the mind. And when I'm, at least in my experience, when, I, when I'm doing CrossFit, I'm counting reps. My mind is centered around a single task, one, two, three. And that's the practice of, of my meditation practice as I'm repeating mantra until the mantra sinks beneath my consciousness. So... I had just come out of a period of meditation. This book was nowhere on my radar, nowhere on my radar. And as I'm cooking breakfast, it's like a zip file was put in my mind of the entire, I knew it, the entire story was in a zip file. And I just started to unpack it. And that's what was unpacked. And I thought, what's cool is I thought I was done. The epilogue was written almost um, as as a separate piece of the book. That was, that was well after it was in almost publication stage. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night and same type of thing. It was like just this, this, this pressing out of like the book's not done. I really like the book. I don't mind the epilogue so much. I really <laughs> like the book. The epilogue gave me this. I felt, I felt like I, it, <sighs> The epilogue basically says there's another book coming. It does. Well, the- and so because it hints at the story of that other book, it made me. It, it, for me, it kind of made me think. Oh, this because I, I don't want to read. If I want to, I don't want to read. I don't want to read. I, um, 
I really like the book because I believe spiritual books should be um, – spiritual books, not the right word. Self-help books, that's not the right word. Books that encourage growth for people, mm-hmm. they should be like recipes. Mm-hmm. And this book is like a recipe. Like mm-hmm. I should be able to walk away from the book mm-hmm. and be like, oh, here's the ingredients. Now I can go make the cake myself. Mm-hmm. And you can leave this book doing that. Matter of fact, I woke up this morning and, and, and it, I, it was it was in me. That's awesome. percolating in me. Thanks, yeah, man. For, That's oh, cool. God, for sure. But I'm easy. <laughs> Um, but that last part, when the epilogue, I, I, I was getting this um, um, umbrella of Christianity over the whole thing. I mean, I get a little bit of it throughout the book, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 that's just my, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would, I, I, I would, I see where you're coming from. Although, even in the the only overtly piece of the epilogue that would encourage Christianity is when the monk is telling the warrior to spend a few minutes every day studying the sacred texts, the scriptures. And there's three he recommends. The Bible. Yes. Yeah, the Yoga Sutra. It's a, yeah, it's great. And the Bhagavad Gita. So yeah. someone may extract from that the Bhagavad Gita. Right. Now, ultimately, right. because it's a spiritual book, they're all teaching the same principles. Nothing was... I never found a single piece in my research of contradictory direction. They were all saying the same thing. And what's also really interesting is where one book left something on the table, the next text picked it up. And so in terms of meditation, you'd have to do a very metaphysical reading of the Bible to extract from it an encouragement on a purely meditative practice. Say that last part again. So you would have to read the Bible with with a very uh, a, a metaphysical lens uh-huh. to extract from it encouragement on a meditative practice. Okay. Whereas the Bhagavad Gita is clearly teaching a meditative practice. Right. And so they're they're very complementary. They're supporting. It's almost like think about CrossFit. You've got these three pieces of CrossFit: gymnastics, weightlifting, sport. And this spiritual path that the monk is teaching is based on these three pillars. The Bible can give you whatever you want, whatever you're looking for when you read it. That's correct. You want to hate God, read it, and you'll find some <laughs> shit in there to hate God. Yeah. You want to find an amazing meditative practice you can carry your whole life, yeah. you'll find it. Yeah. It's got, it's all the stories. Yeah. For example, right? the, I mean, it's got, I mean, like it's got, it's, yeah. it's there, it's giving. Yeah. The, the, you can project all sorts of stuff yeah. onto it. Yeah. And take it's, it's it. that, it's, it's the pinnacle roadmap. You know, a, a landscape yeah. of the entire yeah. human psyche, right? Yeah, it will it, it will show you it, it it will give you a a foretelling of every season of life that you can anticipate to experience during your life. And so, when you're in that particular season, now you can reference the Bible and you can see the beginning, the middle, and the end of the experience you're now having in life. That may be the best explanation I've ever heard, except for ones I've given myself. <laughs> that was really good. Do you remember what you were making for breakfast when the zip file? Yeah, egg, eggs and oatmeal. It's my standard. How many eggs? Yeah, probably four in one cup of oatmeal. Usually it's a four-block oh, breakfast. I was going to say, still zoning. <laughs> yeah. Still zoning. <laughs> uh, when I used to be on the road a lot, and whenever I would go on the road, and I never thought of my wife as a creative person, and then I would go on the road, and she would do these fucking creative things. It was mm. fucking crazy every time I left. She wrote this book. Um, can you look on Amazon? It's called Breathing with Lily. And oh, that cool. was kind of one of the craziest things. Like very few people know that she wrote this book. Yeah. But it's a, it's a breathing practice for children. Oh, cool. And like I went on the road for CrossFit. It was like 2009 or 10. I went on the strip and she came back and she said, oh, and I'm like, what is that? And I said, oh, it's a book I wrote. Well, you know, like, a book wow. I wrote. You know what <laughs> That's I mean? That's awesome. 
and she also made some music and some songs and it's funny I never oh. thought of her like that but I wonder if what that says I wonder if that's uh, whenever I'm out of town she goes into a <laughs> she she goes into a meditative state and is with the creator that's awesome and when I'm in town she's fucked <laughs> she's stuck with her brain yeah buy 10 copies please that's buy awesome ten, Eric buy 10 copies that's awesome um There's there's a lot there's a lot of points that that I thought we could um, talk about. I, mean, I was I put them in the order of I want to talk about them, but there's one over here that just keeps nagging me, so I'm gonna go over and get this one on page 100. Do you remember? I'm, I'm gonna pull it out. I'm not yeah. just gonna do page. 100. He talked about the path narrowing. Mm, yeah, isn't that beautiful. And it's a fun. It's a, it's. I, I'm wondering what you mean by it. Um, Assurance on the inward journey is a timeless question, for the path becomes narrow to those courageous enough to embark upon this quest. What do you mean by the path narrow? Does mm. that mean I have to stop um, having sex and quit drinking? And um... <laughs> Well, in the book, every, because it's a fable, and consider some pages, there's one sentence on a page. Okay. And so... Okay. Oh, cool. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So in the book, everything... It's like the CrossFit term, right? Every second counts. Every word counts. Every scene, I'm putting the reader in a place on purpose. Many of the conversations happen on a path. And the metaphor of being on a path, the path of life, and how the path splits. We come to a fork in the road. And throughout the Bible, in particular Proverbs, which is an Old Testament book on wisdom, the reader is led to understand that on the path, you're going to experience a fork in the road and you come to a choice, the path to the right or the path to the left. You know, visually, what that would look like at the fork in the road is the path to the right is going to look small. Um, it, it, it may look more challenging terrain-wise. It might be steep. The path to the left, it's so inviting. It, it, it's easy. Everyone's going that direction. Um, but the wise person ultimately chooses the path to the right. But you don't choose it because there's fewer people on it or because it's steep, right? No, you, you choose it because that is the path that leads to life. That's the path that ultimately leads to happiness, to, to, to wisdom, to joy. If we're influenced by others, which we sort of established in the beginning, and mm -hmm. everyone's going to the right. We're, to we're the left. <laughs> to the left, whichever yeah. way is the bad way. Yeah. It's uh, not that it's the uh, bad way. You know, it's, I, I don't mean to imply that. It's just... We, we, the we way have, that's not towards happiness. Yeah, it's the illusion of the world. The, 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 the great illusion that the warrior is under is he's searching for treasure out there. And as he's searching for treasure out there in the world, which is just a metaphor for anything he thinks is going to create happiness, simultaneously, he's defending what he thinks will bring him happiness against dragons, which is the metaphor for anything he perceives will take his happiness away. And it doesn't take much reading into this book to realize, that's me. Like... Uh, that's what I do. That's what I mean. We all do that. You know, it's mm -hmm. the unbridled, the undisciplined mind will project onto materialism and onto yeah. title, onto identity. And the challenge with that, this is the Bhagavad Gita now in the Yoga Sutra, is that in that moment of attachment, we're attaching to something that is temporal, and so we're we're, we're clinging to something that was never designed to provide eternal happiness. And so even we're if, destined for some misery. Well, yeah. If, if you, you're attached to this iPhone, it's because this glass is going to break. It will. Then, if that's what's causing you happiness, when it breaks, it will now cause you suffering. You're driving down <laughs> the street, and a rock flips up and hits your windshield and cracks your windshield. You have a hardcore meditative practice. You observe the crack. 
you take a deep breath mm-hmm. and then you fucking go god <laughs> damn it that's yeah. gonna be i was gonna use that money to buy blah yeah. blah blah now i gotta fix my windshield yeah. but at least you, i knew i should have paid for yeah, insurance you just you just it, you know the, like i think in my experience you know and it's a it's a daily practice of 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 recognizing like okay Temporal, 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 eternal. <laughs> My wife you says know? it's really, really easy to do a meditative practice when everything is going well. Absolutely. Or, yeah, when everything's yeah. going well. But, yeah. but, uh, but when shit hits the fan, yeah. if you haven't been practicing when it's good, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah. And, she, and she's always telling me, don't argue with reality. Like when the windshield's broken, the windshield's broken. Yeah, it is what What it are you is. getting upset about? Yeah. Well, what, do you, what, what is that doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so oftentimes, you know, what, what, what the monk is, is teaching is that it's, it's our thoughts about the circumstances in our life that ultimately influence the circumstances. We can retain the ability to be independent of our mind. We can change the way we think about something, and what we think about kind of begins to change. <laughs> uh, are you saying that our thoughts also manifest things? Absolutely. Create things. Absolutely. It's a huge part of the book. Cause things. Absolutely. It's the, as, as the monk says, like it's you, our, our, our thinking and then our subsequent speaking, that's the inception point of the beginning of the creative process. It's funny. We had Brooke Ensign here. And she, at one point during the interview, she, I said something to her about, do you follow The Rock on Instagram? And she, that, do you know who that is? I, Dwayne, Dwayne yeah. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You call him Dwayne. I call him The Rock. <laughs> um, and he, she said, "Okay, okay, I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it." Do you remember this part? Yeah, she she doesn't follow him. She, no, no, no. Not that she doesn't follow him. She goes, "I want to be. I want to be like The Rock. I want to be the female Rock." Do you remember oh, that? Oh, oh, yeah. And I felt like when she said that, she knew. That she was planting that seed out there because mm. I suspect yeah. that she has a she's very singularly focused she's like agenda and goal driven like you can see it mm. and, 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 and passionate mm. um, I gotta have her in again now that I've read your book to see how much of it's inward and how much of it's outward mm. but she I feel like she knew that mm. that once you say something mm-hmm. from your lips there's a certain attachment you have to it. Yeah. It's, and, and, and matter of fact, it can cause sorrow too, right? If you get yeah. attached to something you say yeah. and it doesn't come to fruition, that can also be. Sure. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't say it. No. All, no, no, yeah, no. I mean, like, I, like, I, like I, think, I don't think that you shouldn't love because you're afraid of getting hurt either. Yeah. You should love and love and love and love, and if you get hurt, take it as growth. Sure. The, 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 the simplest way I've come to understand this principle is – in the New Testament, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. And asking implies speaking. So what we speak is that seed that is planted in the soil of God's universe, and it begins to germinate. And in time, with repeated repetition, that will take on life. <laughs> I, I, someone drug me to this uh, get rich guy get rich quick guy thing in, in New York and you listen to him talk for three hours and then after at the very end he tries to sell you like $3,000 program. Anyway, one of the things he said in there that really, really fucking stuck with me is, is sort of a giant lesson. Oh. He says, do not resent 
rich people or hate rich people because then you will never become one because God mm. never gives you what you don't like. Mm. He protects you from what you don't like. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's some fucking twisted shit, but I'll just use that just in general. Yeah. You know, as a broad. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like don't hate on people who are hustling, making a name for themselves, you know, go out and fucking join them. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's get your social media on. Yeah. Are you, are you a social media guy? I'm trying to be better at it. I'm not, not really. Do you like it? Not really. <laughs> because it's, it takes too much Nothing time? Or... Yeah, it just kind of takes a lot, a lot of time. Do you have any like judgments against it? No, or... no, not no. at all. You're no, cool. I mean, think about CrossFit. I mean, thank God for social media. It really helped accelerate the growth of the program. Tell me about the launch of the website, CrossFit.com. Wow, I remember. What do you remember about there that? Were, there, were, there were two. There was one I never really looked at because um, I had coach. I had CrossFit yeah. <laughs> in the flesh and blood. Um, but one, one day I went into the gym and coach told me to look at the new website. And that was the website. Were you, had you become friends with him? Like, did you have lunch with him? Did um, you guys, drink, I mean, did you guys drink together, go to church together? Did you? No, um, I, I was at his house a lot and he, he was a, he, I mean, I think of him with so much reverence. Like I hold him in the esteem of like mentor, leader, uh, you know, uh, father figure, you know, to to say friend is like, um, yeah, he's of course he's a friend, but m so much more than that. Okay, so you but know? you were, I guess, let me rephrase it. Yeah, you would at this point when the, when the website launched, by your your you got his phone number. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like you're high fiving him, and like you'd have lunch with him, no problem. Yeah, we'd go to Silver Spur quite frequently for breakfast or lunch. He still does. Well, he still does. <laughs> what would you get? Uh, you know, my, my thing was kind of the egg and oatmeal. Egg and oatmeal. <laughs> it's right. a simple. Check it for consistency. Yeah, co here. Coach gave me a menu and I just stuck to my gun. This is, <laughs> this is what I'm going to eat. Okay, so you, you come in the gym one day and he's like, hey, there's a website. Yeah, it was, it was check out this new website. And that's the website that was in existence for, for many, many years. It kind of had the, the, um, like the sniper scope cross yeah. on it. Yeah. yeah. It was just beautiful. Um, and I also remembered the blog, the blog. Yeah. I didn't know what, um, I had a computer from the sheriff's office, but very limited internet access. And, um, I remember coach telling me one day to Google myself <laughs> and I didn't even know what Google was. <laughs> and that's when I realized like, Oh my gosh, like, You've I'm, been documented. I'm out there. Yeah. This is like, you know, it just, I, I recall that I had, that was, that was all happening unaware. I was unaware of it. What a trip. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, so how did that change what was going on in the gym once the website launched? Was there a noticeable change in the gym? People visiting? I mean, oh, you cool. Yeah. So this is even, um, this is that, this, let me look at this 2000. So this is the one that I never, I didn't look at this until the new website had been made. And then on the new website, there was an archive feature that you could go back and look at this section. Um, how did you find this, Eric? Yeah, how did you what, find what that? What do you type in to find that? I type in CrossFit website, you know, Google. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't know. That's Holy cool. Holy shit. That's old school. This is the one Glassman used to joke about where if you tried to print page, it would somehow print all black. And so it was as if it never happened. <laughs> he tells that story. It's like a vampire. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, so this is cool. This is just before Glassman opened. Um, that's Claudio. Fra that that's Garth Taylor. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's the that's Claudio Franca Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So as I mentioned, like Mike oh. Weaver, his his teacher was also Claudio Franca, and so this was when CrossFit was being you know, widely circulated in the martial arts community. Mm -hmm. 
Mike Weaver that, used to say, "Look at the pixels uh, on that photo." Isn't that neat? God. It's like sixty by sixty. Damn. Uh, Mike Weaver used to say that if you were doing CrossFit and competing in jiu-jitsu and your opponent was not doing CrossFit, it's like you were cheating. <laughs> That's the level of advantage you would have on the mat. It's so funny. Someone the other day said, "Oh my God, I met to Greg. Oh my God, I met someone who um, does uh, MMA who knew who you were." <laughs> Greg put his hand on his forehead because I mean, obviously, he knows. Dude, and all those guys know who he is. Garth is all Especially, especially from Europe. Man, look right. at Garth. What a hoss. Prepubescent Garth would, Taylor. What's interesting is that guy taught me how to do kipping pull-ups. <laughs> Garth. Do you know who taught me my first muscle-up? No. You. No way. <laughs> Thanks, man. There's, there's a there's – a, That's awesome. At the level one. At the level one. Wow. Yeah. The same one where was, I did the nutrition lecture? Uh, no, no, no. By then I was working for CrossFit. This is years before then. This is 2006, end of 2006 or early 2007. And um, Eddie Lugo was there. Wow. And you guys were on the muscle up station. Yeah. And uh, there's wow. actually something in the book that you say that I'm like, holy shit, he walks the walk. This is really his shit. If I could only find it. And so I was up there and I tried and failed. And then I was just going to walk away. And you're like, hey, dude, you got this. And then I got through the transition and you're just like telling me, oh. you're just just basically yelling at me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I got my first muscle up. That's and I, awesome. And I never looked back. That's awesome. And now I have the best muscle up in Northern California. <laughs> you do have a good muscle up. That's cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, say my, my first exposure to you was in, I think it was late 2006. I believe it was a Monday in the summer. We were doing, uh, we had water polo practice at UCSC. Yeah. And Danielle brought the team down. Oh, wow. And I want to say you'd, you'd done Fran in the morning, and then <laughs> you were doing, like, muscle-ups. And I remember you, like, standing on a box and, like, going up, like, doing muscle-ups yeah. and just going, oh, my God, <laughs> who is that man? And then there's a keg in the corner from, like, the seminar. From the <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was wild. I just remember uh, going, what the fuck is this? That's cool. Did you play for UC Santa Cruz? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Me too, yeah, man. Cheers. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. He played when, the, when they didn't even have chlorine in the pool. <laughs> I went into whiz in the pool first. There was, there was a, there was another event I was at with, uh, at the time, I don't, I don't know what he's doing now, but he was, uh, kind of the weightlifter at the time or something Tate Jack Tate mm. John Tate Dave Tate Dave Tate and yeah. he came and taught just a one day he gave a one day lecture and course in San Diego I remember that yeah and he was like well let me show you guys I'll improve I'll help you improve on uh, on some of your movements let me see someone do something <laughs> and the whole class is right there and I don't remember who but someone said Amundsen do Fran it was Dave Castro told me to do Fran and you Fucking just flew out of your fucking. I've never seen anyone do that. No warm up. Flew out of your seat. I want to say you did a three minute Fran. Yeah. Does that sound right? Sounds about right. Three oh one. Yeah. And um, and and this guy, this guy was a big dude. This this Dave Tate dude. But um, his mobility was fucked. I don't remember if you remember when he was teaching the deadlift. Yeah. He could in a sumo, he could barely mm -hmm. get to the bar, and um. I'm like, oh, fuck. How the <laughs> fuck is this dude going to critique Greg? And he's like, well, well, you guys are very quad dominant. I'm like, dude, he's fucking doing 95-pound thrusters faster than any man's ever done it. Of course he's fucking quad dominant. So do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. And do you remember his feedback on that? I don't remember his feedback. Yeah. And so then yeah. – and, and that was where I think I learned – in CrossFit, we, they teach the high bar back squat, right? Oh, that's right. That's and right. I, and I think he taught the low bar. Well, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say when I got into it to cross, I remember like the hybrid was the hot thing. 
right in the middle. It was like kind of low bar, but yeah. not really low bar. That was the shit for a while. So, Savon, what's interesting is that that weekend, the weekend before that, you was got the, pregnant. No, <laughs> thankfully no. That, that was the 100 mile run attempt that I made. <sighs> that's right. So that's the that's the power of CrossFit. One week later, after running 84 miles, I do a three minute fram. What happened in your 100 mile workout? I, at 84 miles, the body. I mean, well, I ran out of time. But even if I had more time, I was unfortunately just done. I just couldn't go on. <laughs> how how did, did you ever? Did you, have you ever gone back and revisited that? Well, are you few, too big to run? No, no. A, a few years ago, I made it 90 miles in 24 hours. So I I, I can make it 100. I just need to do the sport specific training to get there. Did you get injured from that? No. Do you uh -huh. have any? Do you have any injuries? No. But you're 39. Yeah. I w I was sitting at the yeah. Verve. Uh, on 41st and I see this I didn't know you had uh, I hadn't seen you since you didn't have hair oh. and I see this fucking guy running down in short shorts and a pair of tennis shoes from <laughs> far away looks like fucking Fabio I'm like Haley look at this fucking animal and I and I when I saw you from far away I thought you were juiced up I think everyone's juiced up <laughs> and then when you and then and then when you came by I'm like oh he's not juiced up it's fucking Greg Olmanson. and I yelled at you do you remember that it was I about don't. two years ago okay. and you waved <laughs> that's cool yeah it was awesome <laughs> it was awesome hey you asked me if I was on roids yeah two days ago oh you looked fucking swole the other day doesn't flame probably I should have said creatine. Am I? I should say. Yeah, I've asked. <laughs> yeah. no, Eric, I don't know if anyone's gonna make that mistake. <laughs> no, Eric could be on something. Eric is so weird, strong. Eric could definitely uh, be on something. That's cool. What you see? How when you open your gym in Santa Cruz, you cap the membership at a hundred. Correct. And because I remember there were people who wanted to get in who couldn't yeah. get in. Yeah. And um, are you in that same space? Same space. And yeah. are you still capped at a hundred? Yeah. And yeah. and why do you do that? Well, partially the size. It's a it's, it's physically small footprint. But how about the the bling, baby? The yeah, bling. I mean that's that's not even on the radar. Um, like you know, num number one is the size, uh -huh. and and number two is I remember Glassman years ago said something to the extent of, if you have more than 150 athletes, you just you, you're just going to lose the ability to know your your athletes. Are you coaching at the gym? Yeah, I coach today at four. <laughs> do you have a? Do you have a? a are, are you still a sheriff? No, but I I'm, I do part time police work now for the Santa Cruz Harbor. How, oh, that's right. I had heard that. How many jobs do you have? Your gym owner, your gym coach. I, I wear a lot of hats. Your student. Yeah. Um, you are patrol patrolman mm -hmm. at the harbor. Mm -hmm. How many hours a week do you do that? That's hours a month. You know, it's okay. like ten to twenty hours a month. It's it's reserve. And why do you do that? Why don't you? Because you just want to keep your. I, I still love it. You know, my, my heart is just like... You love the badge? I, you know, I love the career. I love, I love the essence of protect and serve. I really do. It's in my blood. And, and are you married? No. Do you have a girlfriend? Yes. And um, do you have kids? No. Are you going to have kids? I, you know, it's never really been on my, on my radar also. Never been on my radar either. <laughs> I got three now. Yeah, my my, my younger brothers have, have have children, and I remember when we were younger as a family, they would talk about having children. That was something that they felt led to do, and it just never it never was for me. I did not want children. Mm. Here we go again. I did not want to get <laughs> married. Wait, somebody told you. <laughs> and now at forty one, or at, no, I'm forty six. At forty one, I had my first kid. Mm. I'm just letting you know, it could happen. Mm. Whoa, 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 What? 40, you're 46 and 41 you had your first kid? Yeah. Or I got her pregnant. Oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense if my kid's three. Man, just some quick math here. <laughs>
He's three and a half. Okay. She was pregnant for nine months. We had sex okay. in just, uh, at, the, at the very last minute of when I was 41. <laughs> <laughs> and I just turned As 46. Yeah. Midnight. So there might be a way to squeeze in there. I have to, I, but I was 41. I remember. All right. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, close. Sorry. I was yeah. in my 40s. And, um, um, Man, you'd be an amazing dad. No, thank you. It's yeah, you really so. Would. It's so, oh my god, you'd be amazing. My it's dad. So fun. Yeah, so, my, so, I have a blueprint for an amazing dad because my dad was like phenomenal. You know, he was just an amazing guy. It's so different than you. Do you have a dog? No, no. Cat? Have you ever had a dog? Yeah, I did. I had amazing, two amazing dogs. Yeah, it's just like having a dog. Yeah, but just like that easy, huh? <laughs> you're just a little more like they can do more shit, so it's more involved. Right. Like your dog doesn't talk, so he can't be like. I want Perina. And I want it in a small kibble. He just eats what you want. The kid says shit like that. Right. But other than that, it's like just a super complicated dog. But it's awesome. You'd be a great dad. Uh, thank you. Don't ever think you're too old. I, we have a friend who just had a kid at 61. Really? Me and you, yeah. <laughs> I think Greg's 61, right? Greg just had a kid. Did you know that? What? Yeah. Wow. Robbie. You text him when, you, when we leave here. Say congratulations on the baby. Oh I think the baby's six weeks old. Gosh. Yeah, beautiful kid. That guy. That's amazing. Yeah, number eight. Wow. <laughs> I love that guy. I got, wow. I got, I got some catching up to do. <laughs> You're still too young, Matt. Oh, thanks. Um, did I, are there any jobs that you do that I did not mention? I do a lot of um, professional public speaking now, and I teach the CrossFit law enforcement course as well. And who ha who hires you for professional speaking? We formed our own bureau. A, a, a group of guys and I were all kind of independently speaking on a, a similar theme, and we we formed what's called the Eagle Rise Speaker Bureau. So uh, here we go. <laughs> you love it. I do. You're made to do it. Thank you. No, I'm asking you. Oh, am I? You're asking me. I thought you were talking. <laughs> um, I feel, you know, when I, even in the early days of speaking on the CrossFit Level 1 staff, when I, when I speak, I do feel very comfortable doing it. You know, I feel. You don't get butterflies before you go out? I do. I still do. The same butterflies I get before a workout, you know, so I've just kind of learned how to, how to channel them. I, always, I, I need to ask Greg if he gets butterflies. I always wonder, like, he'll just like. Harvard Medical School wants him to talk. He goes and talks. I'm like, what the fuck? Aren't yeah. you scared? Yeah. I had a lady in here right before you I was scared to interview. <laughs> Were you? You're I mean, I'm always 80? like, you know, when they start getting a bunch of badges and honors, like she went to uh -huh. MIU film school. She went to um, Harvard Medical School. Wow. She was played professional softball. I mean, just like Jesus wow. Christ. Like, how yeah. many accolades are you going to get? What? You were assuming I'm judging, yeah. which I was. But you just got to like, you, you level with, with people. And if they don't want to level back, they're fucking not worth your time. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm going to level with you if you don't like get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there is this concept that you explain in the book, and, and, and feel free to unfuck me if I don't do it justice, that there is a stillness to the brain, to the mind that you must go through. It's like going to um, maybe the bottom of a well, mm -hmm. and so that you don't get distracted by the shiny objects on the way down, you use this mantra and you use I am, which mm -hmm. is like... There's a couple mantras I use, and that one's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I love that one. Um, so does Peter Tosh. And um, as you get to the bottom of the well, you um, and, and you rest on the bottom of the well, maybe like underneath that veneer or that illusion of the bottom of the well sits the source of all mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. 
and that source of all energy you call God. Mm-hmm. But there's the, along the journey down through the well, you explain the importance of, um, I, th- I think this is right, you explain the importance of not labeling mm-hmm. and, 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 and not seeing yourself as separate. Mm-hmm. in the book and you do a better job than I'm doing it here you do it through through story but but then you label what's underneath that veneer as god mm. and as soon as you do that mm-hmm. um, I, i've heard other people refer to it as no thing nothing mm-hmm. um no it's no thing but you refer to it as god did you th- when you wrote that did that enter your mind like okay mm-hmm. i'm telling them not to label mm-hmm. but then i'm like hey look at god well looking at god you know, we describe God by human artifact, the fingers of God, right. the hands of God, the face of God. That's just the mind tending to do what the mind does. Right. Is we need to experience things at the level of understanding that we're at. Naming is the origin of all particular things. Yeah. Like the Dao, the Lao Tzu says that in the Tao Te Ching. Right, we right. have to label it to, right. to give it. Yeah. Even, you know, it's what's so interesting is that God made creation, but Adam labeled it. You know, so the first recording, oh, right? Yeah, the first yeah, recording yeah. of the human tendency of the mind is to label things. But then why do you why do you call why do you refer to this source as God? Isn't that just more of the same? Only if you understand God through the human tendency of the mind to associate God with human like quality. So when I so when someone hears the word God they should not bring attribution to it. It should be a placeholder of the unknown. Yeah, just like just 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 before that scene, you know, some of the information <clears throat> that the warrior has in his understanding of God, which has been shaped by the time this mantra meditation is given. The warrior now conceptualizes God as an energy that is overall through all and in all. That energy is what we're resting in. We're identifying that energy as God. Yet, if it would please the reader, the reader could simply substitute the energy that's overall, in all, through all, the source of creation. Uh, I see. You know, a, I see a version too. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> yeah, it's it's just um, for for me. It's that's where I rest. You know, when I rest in that presence, I recognize, like, I'm in the presence of God. Right. Um, and that's not a distraction for you or labeling or doesn't stir up other, like... Not at all. The teacher in Catholic school who touched you inappropriately. <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> okay. How long did it take you to write the book after you had... How long did it take you to unpack the zip file? The Well, it, it went from... from. Uh, Were you excited? I was, like, pumped. I bet overwhelmed. I was pumped. Yeah, it was. It, it took discipline to have patience in the creative process, to let it just unfold, because I wanted to just write the whole thing in one sitting. In, in a sitting the other day, and th- these guys probably make fun of me. I, I've said it a few times, but, I, but they don't know that this is how it came. In a sitting the other day, this line came to me, I have a sock in my pocket. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, my God, underneath that, that was the name of my zip file. Underneath there, there's a kid's book for my kids. Oh, cool. But I didn't get any more. I never went back. But but, but so cool but I is got that it. I it's have a there, sock in my file. pocket. Yeah, the yeah. file's there. Yeah. I'm serious. Why, why, do you, why, are you, why are you assuming I think Because you have funny. your nose resting on the microphone <laughs> laughing. <laughs> okay, so you, so, you, so you have to be patient. Explain yeah. that. Why do you have to be patient? Um, why can't you just double-click it? 
Um, Do you have to go back to that? The zip file sits in a place at the bottom of the well. And so you can't be like cooking and talking to your girlfriend and like watching Netflix at the same time to unpack it. It has to be like go back down to the bottom. Well, there of the was well. there was it was more it was more honoring what I felt had been a gift that God had given me, and just wanting to be really like it was sacred. Like I just knew like wow like this book has the potential to really positively influence people, and I knew that this was a gift and just wanting to savor it. Like it was such a enjoyable process of writing and just being in that creative space. It's a, you know, and, and I mean, you're, you're a phenomenal with creation. Like, you know, that, that, that feeling of like, just savoring, like just knowing that, Hey, once it's written, that's it. You know? So for, for the author, the writing process is a, is for me a very sacred, enjoyable time. Um, did you mourn the completion of it? No, you know, once, once, once it was the end, um, that's when the real work began because then comes layout and, and, and design and, and editing. Um, so that's, you know, that's when, that's when for me, the real work began is after the, the, the content was out in the word doc. Now comes the layout and the design and the, the, Who the, illustrated the, the crafting, it? A, a guy, a local guy named Joe Fitzgerald. He doesn't get his name on the cover, not the cover, but he's, he's, he's in, definitely in the credits. Joe, I ought to put you on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it beautiful though? The cover is beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah, he does a great job. Let's talk about one of his one of his pictures here. It's totally inappropriate. <laughs> see if I can find it. I wrote it down in my notes. Let's see. I don't want to hear anyone say I wasn't prepared. I'm fucking prepared. <laughs> There's some great stories in here, man. I like the river one. Isn't that cool? Oh my god. That's goodness. one of my favorites. Is this you? Is the warrior you? Absolutely. You know, the, I, I'd like to think the warrior's all of us, but a lot of the heartache that the warrior experienced was my own life experience. So I was able to write through the lens of someone that had walked that path. But I mean, when he drew the guy, it's you. Well, the, it's the, a bald-headed buff dude. The way that, no, the way the drawings came to life was I, in, you know, in my, in my attempt to draw what I was envisioning in my mind, I would just draw and he would he would take my very rough drawing and bring it to life. So part of, part of the download was all those pictures as well. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Part of the download were the pictures yeah, as well. Yeah, I knew, I, because so much of this is visual. Right. Like you're reading between the lines of the book. Right. Like for example, one of my favorites is the, the imagery of the seeds becoming trees. Yeah, yeah. Growing, the thoughts yeah. grow. Yeah, like, that part kind of scares right? me. Right, that, that, that gets to you though, yeah. right? But that, yeah. you know, you, you I understand. I don't like that part. You don't? No, it's just scary. <laughs> That's a pow- it, well, it is scary. Yeah, when you powerful. think about the power yeah. of your thoughts, it's yeah, very scary. Yeah. Don't think that, don't think that, don't think that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, <laughs> um, why is he bigger? Why is the monk bigger than... Greg Amundsen, the warrior, I mean, in this photo. Is there a reason for that? No. Okay. It's like, that guy's not fucking bigger than Greg. <laughs> I go whoop that dude. Maybe yeah. his perspective. Yeah. Is your ponytail, you, your monk phase? I, you know, the, the, the ponytail was, was coming in well before that book was anywhere on my, on my radar. So I just like having, having hair. You know, when I was in the army and a, a lot of the career I was in necessitated short hair. It's just kind of fun having hair. They just came in at the same time. Well, symbiosis. Your hair in this book have symbiosis. They are. They are. You know, sometimes those, those zip files are pretty big. Maybe there's some hair in there, too. <laughs> when you are... You, at the end of the book, there's a practice. Yeah. 
it's really cool. What a great way to end the book. So anyone who reads this book and, and, and you, you kind of have no excuse not to practice what the warrior and monk are practicing in the book. It lays it out. Yeah. In a very, very, uh, I don't want to say simple, um, but in a very matter of fact practice. Sadhana is what I call it. There, there was a book I read when I was a kid. I can't remember. It was like one of those um, Beavis, Beverly Cleary. Uh, what were those books? Do you guys remember those children's books? Beverly Cleary. The Boxcar guy. Children? No. Uh, they took place. Hardy Boys? No. Choose Your Own Adventure? Cleary, something Cleary. Bernstein Bears? Damn, I can't remember. But anyway, one, one, of, the, one of the guys in the book, one of the kids in the book gets a, uh, gets a, Beezus and Ramona. Damn, Eric, you're fucking good. It's <laughs> a Google search. Don't Bever- give him that Beverly much credit. Cleary. <laughs> one, one of those books she writes, the kid gets guppies, right? And then the guppies mate, and he gets more guppies and more guppies, and he until he has fucking so many guppies, he doesn't know what to do. And so, like, I read that book, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I want a fish tank with guppies. And my mom got me them, and lo and behold, I had fucking more guppies than I knew what to do with. <laughs> I wanted to be like that kid. Mm. When you read this book, um, this book will make you a better person. I don't give a fuck who you are. Oh, thank you. And there, whether you want to take the path of the warrior or the monk or whatever path you're on, there's, there's. I, I don't want anyone to think that you just have to be the monk because there's some great warrior shit in here too, and and um, it's a realistic story. The warrior yeah. does what, some backsliding. What's what's important is that the monk at the end says that he admires the warrior's ability to be a warrior, both in the world of action and non-action. So what you're learning is that there's two worlds. There's the natural and supernatural, action, non-action. And this archetype of the warrior can exist in both. Right. Has to. Has to. No yeah. warrior's fucking making the inward journey. No, no, no pussy's making the inward journey. Right, right. Um, but, but what's great is, is you can buy the guppies too. Mm-hmm. Because at the end there's a practice, so you can buy the guppies. Mm-hmm. You can be like, oh shit, you know what? This is horse shit, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> You know, yeah. or holy fuck! Yeah, I just read that story and I can do this shit. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I, I love it. Thanks, man. I that means it. a lot. Thank you. Um, when's the next book coming out? Do you have the zip file already? No, you don't have the zip file. <laughs> no. Oh, what a fucking tease! <laughs> Not you, yeah. but that source. Yeah. So, so you, you, you wrote the book. You finished it, and then you had this percolation of like 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 the zip file burped out a last that last epilogue it was all the whole the everything except the epilogue came in that initial inspired moment in my life the epilogue woke me up in the middle of the night when i realized ah, like if i end it here then the warrior doesn't know what to do like what are the chan what are the things we can do i mean Gl- glassman said to me once crossfit is what crossfit does <laughs> i just love that you know, and so the inward journey necessitates certain daily practices or a sadhana. Uh, but what's so interesting is that you'll notice in the sadhana, there's still a physical component to it. So it can't just be the inward journey. It has to be complemented by nutrition, hydration, exercise, time outdoors. Do you drink? No. Do you smoke weed? No. Do you smoke cigarettes? No. Well, there was some hierarchy there. So when I say do you drink, it's like no. Do you smoke weed? It's like oh, fuck. <laughs> Do you uh, what what pra- do you what practices do you drink soda pop? No. Caffeine? Yeah. I like coffee. Yeah. Okay. What practices do you have that you think that you could give up that impede your progress? Um you know kind of kind of a bold one. Um 
I thought you were going to say fuck you. I'm perfect. No, 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 no. It's a tough question. Um, yeah, kind of. You know, it's interesting. Like when I when I started seminary school, it's like I had to come. You know, I had to come to that 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 point for the first time in my life where I was either going to take the word of God seriously and go all in, or try to go all in. Oh. Or 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 be selective about what I was going to abide by, and so. Something God really put on my heart was was premarital sex, sex outside of marriage, and so I'm I'm celibate, and and plan on remaining that way until I get married again. Wow! Gnarly. So the path did narrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's some serious discipline. Yeah. That's like someone's sort of like one time I was I had a friend who gave up dairy, and I was like, "Do you feel better?" He goes, "Oh God, I feel so much better." I'm like, mm. "Oh, I should do." It. He goes, "No, no, don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> I go, why? He goes, dude, then you can never eat cheese again. I go, what do you mean? He goes, once you give it up, like you lose, I forget what it is, but maybe some enzyme or whatever to break it down. But he's like, then when you go back to it, you'll be fucked. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Yeah. So no, no, no masturbation, nothing. No. No ejaculation. No. Uh, and how long has that been going on? Uh, about eight months now. Holy cow. Yeah. Have you ever done that, Matt? Given up ejaculation? For eight months? No, for any amount of time. <laughs> uh, no. no like, haven't. have you ever showed restraint around ejaculation? Maybe for a few weeks, huh? Really? Yeah. Dude, I'm, a f- I'm married, man. Yeah, but a few weeks. I mean, that's like, because no one's, you, you're either not or you are. I said a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Have you ever done that? Done restraint around that? <laughs> Maybe eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. I love this guy. <laughs> um, that's impressive. That's really impressive. So you are going to get married again. I'd like to. Do yeah. you think that's going to influence your like, like, like? Let's say you're only ninety-nine percent sure you want to get married, but you got this other X factor. So you're like, "Fuck it, I'm getting married," so we can get over this hump. You don't think it could adversely affect? Like, like, let me, let me, let me be even more clear. Mm-hmm. The guy had a friend whose wife in in college, his wife wouldn't that she was she abstained. She didn't have sex, and she wouldn't have sex till they were married. So he married her. Hmm. And part of me is like, did he marry her just mm-hmm. to have sex with her? Mm-hmm. So like, I'm asking you, do you think you'll just get married just so you can start having sex again? I, I don't, I don't foresee that being no. the case. Do you have a logical reason why you're supposed to abstain from sex? Like, is it what's the algebra there? Yeah, you know, I. I have a Bible study with a guy named Chaplain Johnson. He's been providing for the spiritual welfare of cops for like 45 years. Phenomenal guy. Because I, you know, I, no I, cop should abstain from sex. Yeah, it's not good. But I was, <laughs> I, was uh, I was looking for a loophole, you know, um, in this. Um, but what 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 he helped me see is that even. You know, sex is is meant to bring people together. It creates a union. Right. Um, it's a it's a beautiful thing. You know, God created that level of intimacy between. Men Has and crazy women. healing properties for a relationship. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what you know, fa- in many respects, it's you, you could consider it fasting. Like, the the universe hates a vacuum, and so when you remove something that you know you can have. It creates this vacuum, and in that vacuum, I've found more of the presence of God in that vacuum. Something removed that was desirable, that was fun, that was enjoyable, and in that absence, God, in his grace, filled it for me. 
You're committed to being the most physically fit fucking dude that can possibly be so you never get your ass whipped on the fucking police force ever again. And so you embrace every single fucking aspect of CrossFit, including the diet. And I remember when I first met you, I go, this fucking weirdo has six fucking almonds. <laughs> He's on the gym floor counting them. And I, I remember when I saw your food one day, I'm like, because and, and I, I, to, to this day, I eat almonds like this. Mm. Six at a time, and I saw you eating them one at a time, and, 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 <laughs> savoring them. And you are saying that your commitment—you don't believe in mediocrity. No, it's—it's—it's your—it makes you depressed. Yeah, I mean, just the way the way I was designed, it's like I just tend to go all in. And, um, and people will call you a wackadoodle or crazy or silly or an extremist because they are—and I'm saying this is fact. I'm not asking you. Because they're fucking scared. They're afraid to see what it would be like to give up sex themselves. Mm. And so when they hear you say it, it's kind of, it, it, uh, there's lots of things like that in mm. life, you know? Like immediately you're afraid of it and don't understand it, attack it. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what too, like my, because I'm, I'm in a relationship. So yeah. this, this takes two. Yeah. Right to be in a relationship. I'm not yeah. single. Yeah, I'm in a very loving relationship. She's in a couple relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but what I found is that the 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 level, and what's you know, yeah, it, so, some of the conversation doesn't need to be public. But I'll tell you what, the level of intimacy and love between us increased when sex was no longer in the equation. Oh, so yeah. So it wasn't always like that. No. Holy shit. Oh wow! Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, that's even trippier. Yeah. That's intense. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really, yeah. really intense. You, um, I'm so lucky to have my wife. And if there's one piece of advice I could give to anyone about finding true love, it's um, it's it's really scary because it's going to lead to one of two things: be yourself, mm. and either they're going to leave you, mm. or you're going to have the strongest fucking relationship you've ever fucking had. Mm. And it sounds like that's what you're doing. You're being yourself. And like, she could have been like, go fuck yourself. Mm. I need some dick. Instead, <laughs> she's letting you be yourself. Yeah. Mm. She trusts you. Yeah. She loves you. Yeah. She's tra uh, there's a, there's a story there that ties to something in your book too. She's not attached to, um, material. Mm. It comes and it goes. Mm. The dick will come. <laughs> will come it's like clouds passing in the sky. You're going to end up having kids. <laughs> If you're still looking for a loophole, Eric can tell you about the Provo float. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that off. Um, I, 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 in college, I, I came to a place where I was going to abstain from any ejaculation, and I remember telling my dad that. And my dad said, "If you if you, if you don't lose, wait, if you don't use it, you'll lose it." But I don't think that's true. Mm. But I remember that fucked with my head a little. Bit. <laughs> Wait, you you decided to abstain from sex, and, and you told your father about it? Any ejaculation? Yeah, I don't. I don't. The filter on me is somewhat broken. <laughs> that, is, that doesn't seem like standard dinner conversation. Oh, I told my. It was great. It was great. I oh, get okay. some bunch of great ones that my dad told me during the space. But you, um, you know what I would do, Greg? As I had two twenty-pound dumbbells by the side of my bed, <laughs> and in the middle of the night or any time that thing was like. Yo, yo, I would just get up, and this is my theory, it was to take the blood flow out of there. Oh. So I would do, I just did, would just get up and do 20 reps, you know, shoulder overhead, you know what I mean, something. Yeah. Oh, hey, you've been, you've been developing this idea for a while. Which one? You're, uh, you're, if you're faced with a decision, mm -hmm. stop doing 100 burpees 
and oh, then address cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was for. And it all was... started with you trying not to pull your knob. I think actually, I think I went three months that time, and then there was another time when I was away from my um, my, my my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, for thirty days, and I was in Africa, mm. and I was, knew there was gonna be there was another woman there, and I had to share a room with her for thirty days, and I thought <laughs> the only way to fucking way around this is like take her out of the equation and make it like that dude's not getting any attention for 30 days that was crazy too mm. that's that's torturous do you guys sleep in the same bed no no we don't sleep together that's smart yeah yeah that would be torture no need for that <sighs> I, I it's 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 Probably not, it's not well. you know god 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 can equip us for anything you know it's not it's it's no it's not not any harder than doing a three-minute fran <laughs> No. I've never. Have you ever got a three minute fan? Yeah, sub three. Do you have a three minute fan? I have your sub four. I, I don't even have a sub four. Greg Amundsen, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This thank, was awesome. You thank guys. you yeah. for um, thank you. sharing with us in a book, Journey to the Journey to the Soul: Recipe for People to uh, Not Necessarily Read About God, but Experience God. Mm. And um, thank you for sharing this uh, intimate. Uh, aspects of your life and a little bit of crossfit history you're welcome thanks yeah. for having me super and cool we yeah. should have had you on before show 77 i apologize that's okay just good yeah. to be here yeah man right. i wish we would have talked more about the old we could have a podcast purely about the old gym let's have him back i'm uh, so fascinated by that that was an amazing and, time. in your book obviously oh, thank you we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> eric you can go ahead and land that plane oh he had it ready that time oh that's cool Ha, 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 ha.